Welcome. Pull up a seat, slip on your headphones, or just turn up the volume a bit. You found The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. This is not a show for those who are fine with a small life. No, we go big here. You can transform every aspect of your life if you just know where to start. Now, here's your host, Glenise. Hello and welcome to the Glenice Show with myself, Glenice Hughes. Thank you so much for listening in. I am so incredibly grateful for each and every one of you. We are home now from our epic adventure across, well, not across Denmark because I landed in Copenhagen, spent one night and then went into Sweden uh, and spent, um, not sure, maybe like a week at Helmstead. Oh my gosh, such a beautiful, beautiful spot. And then off to Norway, uh, hung out there with, um, with my dad and hubby and met some people and connected with possibly some family. We're still trying to figure it out but um, there is the Mork farm there and there are Morks living on the Mork farm so uh, since my dad's last name is Mork and his great-grandfather actually you know came from that farm we're pretty sure we're connected but we just haven't found the the connection yet so uh, it's been it's been so much fun and then off to Ireland and got to hang out with some really cool people and then Iceland oh my gosh sweet friends if you have ever desired to go to Iceland like if that's ever been a pull for you I am just going to tell you right now go like do not wait just freaking go I've never been so oh I don't know what it is like taken by a country um like it's just so amazing now the one thing for me is I'm very much when I travel I love to see like natural sites you know I'm not much into like say museums or stuff like that um but natural stuff and of course Iceland is that like there's so much um gosh we got to walk around a waterfall like behind it oh my gosh so amazing so you know there's just so much if that's been a pull for you for some people it may not be uh and of course Iceland Air they offer this thing called stopover so that you can actually like if you're say you're flying to you're from Canada and you're flying to Europe or you're from the U.S. or whatever flying to Europe you can actually take a stopover at no extra cost so you can add two days or three days or whatever and we were there for four days three nights and um you know that's that's a lot of time in fact if I just had like say a 12 hour I would go to the blue lagoon it is like I don't know 20 minutes from the airport they've got shuttles I believe you'll have to check that but I so recommend it and I got a massage there oh my gosh oh my gosh anyway this is not what today's radio show is about, but I have just, you know, I'm, I'm just so, so incredibly grateful for that entire experience. So this week's radio show is about what story are you telling yourself? And it's something, you know, we talk about a lot. I've done other radio shows on this topic and... This one's a little bit different. I watched Brene Brown's talk on Netflix. uh, I think it's called A Call to Courage. And she studies shame and vulnerability and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, And I've always been very, very inspired by her. I haven't, you know, studied a lot of her stuff, but I have watched some of her. uh, She has an amazing TED Talk that I highly recommend. And and then this Netflix. And I've, I've read a book or two of hers. And the this kind of like what story are you telling yourself what she talks about it from is you know like she was talking about a story between her and her husband and and rather than kind of going into the drama and the trauma you know what she said to him is the story I'm telling myself is and so it's kind of like a acknowledgement of where where you're at in that moment so the other person can see what's going on for you and i just i so loved it cuz how often do we have an interaction with somebody whether it's you know maybe they don't return a text or they snap at us or they don't respond at all or something and then we go into the story of I don't know they don't like us they don't want to talk to us they're mad at us like we go into some sort of a story and then we react from that story not from 
what's actually possibly going on or well it doesn't matter we do we react from the story and so then when we honor that in a sense by saying hey the story I'm telling myself is that you're mad at me because of this or whatever it might be to me it diffuses freaking everything because in the other person can you know maybe they could say hey you know what that's exactly what's going on or they might be like what in the actual fuck are you talking about I didn't hear you or whatever it might be and and the story that Brene shares between her and her husband in this experience was really cool so again I'm gonna highly recommend it and I know it's on Netflix in Canada and I saw it on Netflix in all of my travels so it's probably in many countries if not all of them uh and maybe you can find it elsewhere I'm not sure but I just it it was so like like get the sense of that get the sense of something that you're you're dealing with in your life right now with somebody and you know that you're actually desiring to change because sometimes we like to just entertain ourselves. But if you get that kind of energy of like something you'd really like to change, then check in like, hey, what is the story I'm telling myself here? Because man, I tell you what, it brings it back to the actual ridiculousness of it. At least it has for me. So I was, uh, when we were away on the, the day before we came home, I texted the, the guy who lives here and, and takes care of our cats and our home and all of that. And I just texted him saying, hey, we're going to, you know, be home around 6 p.m. And uh, just asked him a couple questions. And it would have been, um, I think it would have been daytime here. So maybe it was evening there whatever because uh, it was a time that I would have you know assumed he would look at his phone he's in his 20s it, I'm pretty sure he's always looking at his phone but who knows um, so I sent it to him and then it you know it came up as delivered because uh, of course on most texts you can see if they've been read or not uh, so it came up as delivered I went about the rest of my day went to bed woke up the next morning and thought oh geez isn't that funny I haven't heard from him so I went back and it was still just delivered so it hadn't been read and I tell you what, the stories I started telling myself, it was so ridiculous. Like, he died, and he was laying on the floor, and the cats were starving to death. Of course, my concern was about my cat starving to death, not about him being dead on the floor. I mean, like, the extreme ridiculousness of the stories I was telling myself, because he hadn't read a text or responded, you know, read or responded to a text. And so I just stopped myself and I'm like, all right, the stories I'm telling myself is he's dead on the floor. The stories I'm telling myself is my cats are not cared for. Like I ha I went on and on. It was so funny to actually just acknowledge it. Because otherwise it's like, at least for me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it's like those stories are energetically there completely but cognitively not enough to acknowledge the crazy of them, but enough to debilitate you, like to get into the crazy, like, I don't know if that even makes sense, but I'm not thinking about them like, no, I'm not acknowledging that I'm thinking about them, I guess is maybe a better way to say it. So I'm like, it's like they're taking over, but I'm not present enough with them until I said, okay, the stories I'm telling myself are blah, 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 blah. And as soon as I acknowledged them, it was like they, were, they had no more power over me. I was not being, you know, say debilitated by them or consumed by them. And then I could be present with, okay, so what do I know? I know I can talk to my cats, which I do all the time anyway. So I just checked in with them. Do you require anything? No. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then I was just like, all right if he never responds, he never responds. Like it, it really wasn't like life or death. Uh, and it was just such a freeing experience. Because <laughs> that could have been a crazy, you know, even the six hour flight home, like, I mean, what I could have done with that. And then the other thing I checked in with me. So what do I require here? And I was like, you know what, I actually require to text him again. So I just texted him again. Hey, just checking in that you, you know, received the previous text. And he's like, yep, yeah, sure did. And blah, 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 whatever. You know, it was like, holy shit. How much time and energy do we put into the crazy of those stories that are just crazy? 
And I mean, this is such, I'm going to say like a minor thing, right? Like how many times have I done it with hubby that he hasn't, you know, he has said something or hasn't said something or done something or hadn't done something like all of that crazy. And really ultimately what, what it is for me is just a huge distraction because then we're not having those, what, what Brené calls, Brené? I think. Oh, anyway, what she calls the uncomfortable conversations. Now, I'm a little bit, I, I don't necessarily like calling them that. I mean, we, we want to acknowledge what is, of course. The problem with calling them uncomfortable conversations is that then it becomes a judgment that they're going to be uncomfortable. And so again, I mean, that I, I, I love her. I love what she talks about. And in order to, for her to share what she's sharing, she needs to call them that. But I just, for myself, really watch that uh, from, is it, you know, is it from an awareness? Is it from a judgment? And just from that place of like having those uncomfortable, like being vulnerable enough with somebody to say, you know, the story I'm telling myself with this is, and then whatever it is, the story I'm telling myself with this is that you don't like me. The story I'm telling myself with this is that you uh, don't want to be with me. Like whatever it might be. And those are difficult things. And of course that can also be a judgment. But for many of us, those are difficult things to say because the possibility of that person saying, well, you're right. <laughs> you know, that's often what stops us. And yet ultimately let, let's use the, the last one that I used as an example you know the story I'm telling myself is you don't want to be with me anymore so say you're saying that to your partner ultimately don't you want to know that like I know we don't want to know that necessarily like from that like then you have to deal with it but also don't you want to know that um, and of course it's easy to make light of it in this sort of a context and like what if what if we were willing to be that vulnerable and I was on her Facebook page the other day and she had uh, like a image there. And I just wanted to share with you because it's, she calls it the rumble language. And so that if you're having one of those conversations with somebody, these are some, some sentence starters, uh, you know, and of course the top one, the story I'm making up um, or I'm curious about. And I really love that. Because it's not a defensive energy. Like, it's not a like, hey, you said this and now you're doing that. Like, it's not that. It's like, I'm curious about you saying this and you're choosing this. Can you can you tell me about that? Like, it really just, it's to me, there's such a diffusion of that defense energy, of that blame energy, um, all, all of that. It's like, hey, I'm curious about this. Or tell me more is another one she has on here. Like, tell me more about that choice. And I look at that one, I mean, years and years ago, gosh, 20 plus years ago, maybe, uh, you know, well, no, was it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Many years ago, uh, hubby, when I came into hubby's life in, uh, oh gosh, 1993, uh, he had uh, full custody of his three kids and they were um, teenagers, so when I came in, it, it was not the best time for a 22 or one-year-old uh, to come into their life in that role and, you know, interesting choices all around. Uh, and I just look at that now. I mean, I didn't, I, yeah, anyway, but that to me, tell me more with a conversation with a teenager, to me, that is, that to me would be gold. And of course, with anybody. But a lot of times with teenagers, what parents or caregivers are doing with them is kind of trying to tell them how to live their life and, you know, tell them how they're wrong so that they can be right. And like, there's all this crazy when really, like, tell me more about that choice. Because the other thing that I get that that could contribute is that person can look at it more right? I mean, for myself, I mean, at this point, my age now, I'm willing to look at stuff for the most part. Am I perfect? No, but I'm willing to look at it. But there's a lot of people that have never been even taught that that's something that you would do. It's like, no, you just react, you, you scream, you shout, you get mad, you do whatever. And then you don't like you push it under the rug. You pretend it didn't happen. You justify it. But what if we start contributing to the people around us in asking, like, hey, tell me more about that choice. 
I just, uh, to me, anyway, I can go on and on about that one. Um, And then another one she has here is, that's not my experience. And I love that because it's not, it's not from saying, hey, you're wrong. It's from, that's not my experience. So that's your experience. You're honoring the person in that sense, but it's, you're, you're also honoring you in the sense of that's not my experience. And then, of course, one of my favorites, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. And now, of course, I often use wonder in a very different way. And consider the last time that you had maybe, a, you know, a tough time with somebody and we're having a conversation about it. Like, imagine using that, like, hey, I'm wondering about this choice or I'm wondering about when you said this. So different than, hey, you know, that was wrong. You shouldn't have said that or whatever we might have said. Um, and then help me understand. And this one's a really cool one in the sense of, again, you're not making the person wrong. They're just like, hey, help me understand that choice. Again, an invitation for them to look at it, but also an invitation for you to be present with where they're, where, where they made that choice from. And then sim- very similar is walk me through that, which to me is very, very similar. Um, and what's your passion around this? So I don't necessarily know exactly how you would use that. My guess would be, you know, let's say that I had problems with hubby's geocaching. I don't. I'm so grateful that he loves it. I'm so grateful that he, you know, lives and breathes it. It is just, it's so, it's such a contribution to see somebody enjoy something to the degree that he enjoys it. And there would have been a time I would have fought for it or like fought that, you know, it was too much or that he was putting me second or all that stuff. But you know, let's say I was in that space, what's your passion around this would really help me to get a sense of that for him. And so I guess that would be a way. Uh, And then tell me why this doesn't fit or work for you. And I love that one. I mean, frick, obviously, I love all of them. Uh, But tell me why this doesn't work for you is such, again, an honoring of also you and them. And then you get the information. And often, in my experience anyway, the information is what's required to, like, not to understand it. So in Access Consciousness, you know, we talk a lot about understanding and, uh, you know, really you want to stop that. Because what happens is we stand under it. In order to understand it, we have to take on the crazy. So we do want to eliminate the understanding because you can't understand crazy. And you can get information that then will help you to get a sense of what is actually going on, right? And it'll actually get you out of those stories. Because if they say to you that they're, you know, they're, it doesn't work for them because, you know, let's say, um, let's say you want to go on a cruise and they don't want to go on a cruise and you say, well, why does that work for you? And they say, oh, you know what? I don't like being locked to one space and they're not big enough and I really like being able to be out on my own and, and all of that then you get a sense of that. Doesn't mean you have to do it their way. It might mean you go and find somebody who a cruise does work for. And this is the thing with all of these is it's not about having this information so that then it's it's their way or that any of that. It's just to have the information so then you can make a choice based on that information. You know, so let's say they're doing drugs, and in my case, that just doesn't work for me. And in this 10 seconds, who knows, maybe one day that'll change. But if, you know, if hubby started doing, you know, cocaine or stuff like that, um, I w- would probably have a similar conversation of like, hey, what, what is this for you? What's going on? Uh, and then I would still have a choice based on that choice. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, I'll talk more about that and all of this awesomeness. Out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Did you know that Glenise travels the world facilitating classes, possibilities, and awesomeness from across Europe, New York to California, Australia, and across Canada, along with her beautiful acreage near Edmonton, Alberta. Plus, you can also join many of Glenise's phenomenal classes live streamed from the comfort of your home. Check Glenise's schedule at GleniseHughes.com. If you would like Glenise to come to your area, contact her for the possibilities. GleniseHughes.com. 
Did you know that Glenise travels the world facilitating classes, possibilities, and awesomeness? She does. From Ireland to England, across Europe to the Netherlands, and from Guatemala to Nicaragua to Mexico, and her center of possibilities in Lloydminster, Canada. There will be more places added, so find out if Glenise will be in your area. Be sure to check her schedule on www.glenise.net for more information about where Glenise will be visiting next. If you'd like Glenise to come to your area, contact her for the possibilities www.glenice.net The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. tuned in to the glenise show want to find out more about what glenise and the show are about visit glenisehughes.com again that's g-l-e-n-y-c-e hughes.com now back to our show welcome back everybody so we're talking all about the story that you're telling yourself so at the last segment, we were talking about, you know, if, if how we were to start doing cocaine or some drugs like that. And, and then, you know, the choice that I would have based on that. And that to me is such an important piece of all of this, because a lot of times it's like we take what their, you know, what their, what their explanation is and then justify well, they need that for this, or they had a tough childhood, or this went on, or it's like, no, that's not what this is about. <laughs> this is about looking at, okay, this is what they're choosing, getting you know information around that, and then you get to choose for you. You get to choose for you. So if you're constantly in you know these sorts of discussions with somebody, does it even work for you to have the the relationship the way it is, or does something require to change? You know where you just get to be really, really honest with you, and really curious of like, hey, what what does work? And so often people stay in relationships and doesn't even have to be marriages or anything like any sort of relationship that no longer works for them, but they have all of the stories, you know, that they're making up around it to, to stay in it, to, uh, you know, that's for the kids or it's better off or it'll be so much easier or I can't make money by myself or, you know, if it's a business relationship, well, they know this part and I would have to do that then and or, you know, maybe they own more of the company than you do, or there's all of this instead of just being like, okay, so here's the information. Does it work for me? What's required? And and not adding those stories. Or if you add the stories, acknowledge the stories you're adding. Go back and ask yourself, what are the stories I'm telling myself here? Because it's not that it has to be in, in relation to somebody else. So the way that Brené shared it on the show was, you know, a conversation between her and her husband. But I have just been using it so much with myself in terms of, okay, what stories am I telling myself here? Because what I have found with it, you know, like I shared with the with the cat sitter, you know, even just with other things, it's like the more that I acknowledge the stories, it makes the space for there to be actual awareness. Because it's another form of distraction. So we distract ourselves in so many freaking brilliant ways. And once we're willing to stop that and really be present with what is, that's where the awareness is. But the awareness isn't going to go beyond the stories for the most part because you're telling yourself the story. And unfortunately, we have this thing where we have to prove ourselves right. So when we have to prove ourselves right, then that story that we're telling ourselves has to be right. Do you see the crazy in that? <laughs> Like absolutely crazy. I've actually got a call coming up now. By the time you hear this, the call will be over. But of course, you can always get the replay. And and it's called Ending the Addiction to Being Right. Because, man, there is just, that has just been so loud in my world recently in terms of having to be right and, and seeing like what that's actually creating, which is just absolute ridiculousness of, you know, even when we were traveling in, well, probably all of the countries, uh, you know, if hubby was speeding and then it was like, 
there would be this energy of me wanting him to get caught to prove that I was right. God, that's embarrassing even to say out loud. And that's what would come up. And I would be like, okay, you know, Clarice, you know, to start and uncreate, return to center with consciousness. Um, and, and that crazy, like, I want to be so right. I want him to get a speeding ticket. So we have to pay a ticket so I can be right. Like what in the actual fuck? <laughs> and, and so it's that, it's that need to be right because we've bought the lie that we're so wrong. And we've bought it and we've sold it and we've made it so real and so significant that that's all we know. That's all we, well, no, it's not all we know. It's all we believe. We know very different, but it's all we believe. So we stay in the story that we're wrong. Notice the story that we're wrong, but we don't want to acknowledge that that's there. So we fight to be right even at the cost of getting a speeding ticket, even at the cost of, you know, a relationship. How many times have we had to be so right that we ended a relationship that, or the relationship ended because we were so much there, but at least we were right. (laughs) And I remember years ago watching uh, Dr. Phil, he used to just come on Oprah every once in a while on Oprah's show. And then he got his own show uh, based on the popularity of him being on Oprah's show, or at least that's what I believe. I'm not sure. Um, and, and he would always say, you know, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? And I don't know that I ever truly got it. And he'll probably even in the last few years of really looking at the places that I had to be right. And luckily at this point, it doesn't come out of my mouth uh, all the time. It still certainly does come out, uh, but not all the time. But even energetically, like even if I'm not voicing it, but I'm sitting in the back of the car <laughs> having that energy of like, oh, hopes the cops get. Like, I mean, it's so ridiculous. And like even that energy doesn't create greater. So it's like, if I'm willing to be wrong, if I'm willing to give up that addiction to be right, and if I'm willing to actually acknowledge what's true, which is that I'm not wrong. I have never been wrong. I will never be wrong, just like you. There is no wrongness in our world whatsoever, except the lie of it and the story of it. You know, because I've had people say to me when I talk about that in class, like, you're not wrong. You've never been wrong. They're like, no, you don't understand. I did this one thing or this happened. Or if I wouldn't have said that, that wouldn't have. And so they've got all the proof of how wrong they are. But those are just stories. How many times have we had an experience where we maybe walked away going, oh, my God, that was the worst thing ever. I can't believe I did that. And a week or a month or a year or 10 years later, we go, wow, I'm so grateful for that. You know, and it's, it's, it's that. And it's just the knowing that in the question, of course, that we use in access is what's right about this I'm not getting? What's right about me I'm not getting? Because then you get out of the story of it and you get out of the wrongness of it because it's not wrong. And there may never be a cognitive awareness of what it actually created But all the while you're in the wrongness of it, you're going to have to prove it right. And then more right and then more right. And it's one of the things that I I took away, one of the many things that I took away from the certified facilitator class in December in Noosa uh, was Dane said, Gary knows he is never wrong and he never has to be right. And I mean, I have been, I have been looking at that since he said it, like it has stayed in my world um, so loudly, both pieces, like knows that he's never wrong. Get a sense of what your life and living would be like if you knew you were never wrong. Now, if he has something come up and he, you know, maybe he does something and he recognizes that that didn't create greater, then he'll look at, and I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm making a big assumption here, but I've seen it in action also. But, you know, so if he gets a sense he chose something that didn't create greater, he'll apologize or do something to, to make up for that. So it's not that he's, you know, that he just is a big bulldozer and like he's not like from the arrogance, like from that energy but he would never judge himself as wrong. 
Like get a sense of what you could create in your life and your living if you never judged yourself as wrong. And you never had to be right. Because you can't never be wrong if you don't have to be right. (laughs) That sounds funny. Um, But really, so if you don't ever have to be right, and you're willing to be judged as wrong or seen as wrong, there's total space and total awareness. Because you have access to all the energies, but anytime you're in the judgment that you're right or the judgment that you're wrong, you've shut off your awareness. You're locked into whatever it is that you're going with in that moment. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, And so how do we get out of that? How do we change that? And to me, that some of these conversation starters, even if they're just with yourself, so that you can start getting a sense of what are the stories you're telling yourself? What is that about that? What is your experience with something? Like, there's so many pieces to it that if we're willing to drop the barriers, and that to me is what what this is all about, is dropping the barriers, going back to that vulnerability. And Brene said something on there. Well, she said, I mean, so many things. But one of them was, you can't have courage without vulnerability. And it was like, wow. You can't have courage without vulnerability. Because any time that you're choosing courage, you have to be vulnerable because somebody might, you know, say something, do something, choose something that doesn't go along with that. And you've got to kind of put it out there for, you know, to be courageous. You've got to put it out there for somebody to hate or to love or to reject or to adore or anything. It's that. I mean, it's just that. (laughs) You know, that courageousness. And that's really, she talks about it, how she had, I can't remember her exact words, but basically how she'd created a life that was so small to avoid this judgment. And then she did that TED talk. And because she'd just come out of some days of working with a big group of people and she had a different conversation and she's like, I'm just going to kind of do that on stage and kind of walked away judging the hell out of herself for it because it wasn't good. And then, you know, it went viral and all of this stuff and the judgment she received for it. And it was just like, you know, it kind of just threw her in a sense under the bus and, and then also, you know, gave her a whole different way of being and the platform for it. And, you know, it's just like, wow, like, it's just, it's just wow. And I, and I wonder, like, I wonder what we could create on the planet if we were willing to be the vulnerability of us, if we're willing to have the conversations, if we're willing to say what's, you know, what's up for us, but not in the way of that, of having to be right or having to be wrong. But just in a way to have a, a to be more of us in that situation, and I mean, it's to me, it has the energy also of the willingness to lose everything, to have everything, because we often will hold on to you know certain things. And I did a radio show a number of years ago. I think it was November, October, November of 2014 or 15, uh, and it was like, what what aren't you willing to lose? Something like that. It was when my cat was really sick, my my little toddy. We've got two cats, but you'll often see me or hear me talk about toddy more. And not because grommet isn't as sweet as pie. Uh, it's just the connection that Toddy and I have is, is, is just wow. Um, and anyway, so in, in that show, I really look at that because she was very, very sick. And we were going to um, the U.S. And, and we still chose to go. And that was like the willingness to really let her choose and the willingness to commune with her in terms of, you know, I'm going. And she, we had a, the, the cat sitter that they had at that time was actually a vet tech, uh, of course. How magical are they? Uh, and so we had, you know, very good care for her. And 
that still the leaving of her and the knowing that she could choose death like she was she she was there and allowing that and the willingness to lose her in that sense really created so much more of a connection like I don't even know how to put that into words, but the vulnerability, the willingness. And, and Brené talks about that on the, on the show. is like when you are willing to really love someone, you, of course, also have to be willing to lose them, right? They could die. They could end the relationship. They could hate you. They could be mean to you. You know, there's so many things when we, when we open our heart in that sense. And it's that. It's that willingness to still open our heart. That willingness to still say yes when it feels yummy to say yes. And not go, okay, well, the last time it worked out like this, so I'm never doing that again. Or I won't say that to them because they'll do this and then they'll hate me. Or like, it's like, just show up and be you. And be willing to lose the people who don't like you. Or who don't like who you're choosing to be or what you're choosing I had a gal this week who had, um, she had asked on one of my pictures uh, from my trip, an amazing, beautiful picture of walking behind the the waterfall and there was a beautiful rainbow. And and so she just asked on Facebook of, hey, can I, you know, can I use this photo? Um, And I was like, no, but thank you so much for asking because I was very grateful that she asked. Some people don't. So grateful she asked. And then and then I got a really interesting Facebook message from her about how, about how it was a contradiction of who I am by not allowing her to, to use my photo uh, and, and not a contribution. <laughs> it's just like, wow, okay, wow. And this is, you know, people use judgment to control you and, and all of this crazy. And it was just like, okay. And I'm willing to say no. I'm willing to lose her as a Facebook friend. I'm willing to lose her as a client. I'm willing to lose her as all of those things. If it doesn't work for me, and then this is some of the things that people can choose. They can choose to go to the extreme of like judging you when when you don't say yes to what they're asking for. And it's that vulnerability of receiving that. Being like, okay, cool. Now, I didn't receive it maybe necessarily really with ease. I'll be honest. It, it was one of those like, what in the actual fuck? <laughs> and so I just, you know, I just said to her, hey, I use these pictures in my marketing. So, and, and I thanked her, you know, thank you for your judgment. Um, and I use the pictures in my marketing. So if at any point you'd like to share my photos, in the state that they're there, I'm grateful for that. But actually take them, use them, edit them, add to them, no. But I mean, I didn't say that piece, but it was just like, no. Uh, But that willingness to just, to do what works for you, even if other people don't like it, even if it upsets them, whatever that is, it's like, hey, and they can have the conversation, hey, the story I'm telling myself is blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and in this case, it just, it wasn't up for conversation. It was just that. But there's, there's that, like, you know, you've got to be willing to receive judgment if you're going to put yourself out there. And I, I saw a quote from Oprah recently, and it said, uh, if you're not willing to receive haters, you're not ready for success. And, you know, I would love to tell you that that's not true. And yet, in my experience, the more successful that I choose to be, the more that that sort of stuff becomes a part of it. But it doesn't have to be a definition of it. And it doesn't have to be the whole story of it. And if that occurs, we can look at, hey, what's the story I'm telling myself with this? And I did, I looked at that with this lady of like, okay, the story I'm telling myself is I should have said yes, that she, you know, that I'm a horrible person because I didn't ask her more questions. Like I had all of this stuff and it was like, hey, does it work for me for her to use my photo? No. Okay, then done. And whatever she would like to choose based on that. So anyway, we're off to break and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
Did you know that Glenise travels the world facilitating classes, possibilities, and awesomeness? From across Europe, New York to California, Australia, and across Canada, along with her beautiful acreage near Edmonton, Alberta. Plus, you can also join many of Glenise's phenomenal classes, live streamed from the comfort of your home. Check Glenise's schedule at GleniseHughes.com. If you would like Glenise to come to your area, contact her for the possibilities. GleniseHughes.com. Did you know that Glenise travels the world facilitating classes, possibilities, and awesomeness? She does. From Ireland to England, across Europe to the Netherlands, and from Guatemala to Nicaragua to Mexico, and her center of possibilities in Lloydminster, Canada. There will be more places added, so find out if Glenise will be in your area. Be sure to check her schedule on www.glenise.net for more information about where Glenise will be visiting next. If you'd like Glenise to come to your area, contact her for the possibilities www.glenise.net The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're tuned in to The Glenise Show. Want to find out more about what Glenise and the show are about? Visit gleniseshughes.com. Again, that's G-L-E-N-Y-C-E, Hughes.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. So we are talking all about what are the stories you are telling you, which is totally inspired from Brené Brown's Netflix uh, show, A Call to Courage. And I know I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, if you haven't seen it, I so recommend it. Like, watch it alone, watch it with a friend, watch it with a group of people, uh, watch it with your lover, I mean, whoever, your kids, whoever, to really, for me, like, if we stopped telling ourselves the stories and started conversing, like, started just being vulnerable enough. And I was actually looking at one of the the things, this is years ago, and uh, Hubby would go through these times kind of like maybe maybe three or four days maybe a week uh, and I would go to the story that he was just being a jackass and this would occur maybe every two or three or four months so it wasn't often uh, and and the story was always he's just being a jackass and I'm not proud to say <laughs> it was not he was actually it was a, a form of depression and he kind of hit bottom with it until I really acknowledged that it wasn't him being a jackass. It was actually something else going on. And of course, I'm not wrong for it. He's not wrong for it. It's just one of those things that when I look back at my life and I look back at the stories I've told myself, that one is really like, wow, that may have, you know, changed something had I been willing not to be in the story. And really, when I get right down to that story of him being a jackass, what it was, was a, or, you know, for me, choosing that, there was a a lack of vulnerability with it. Because it was easier, in a sense, to say, oh, he's just being a jackass. What he would do is kind of just totally withdraw. Um, And so rather than have the difficult conversation with him, it was easier, and I'm using air quotes because, of course, it wasn't easier, but it was easier from, from my lack of vulnerability at the time to just go to that story and not have the conversation. And, I, I mean, this was so long ago. This was probably back in, I guess it would have been in the 90s. And, you know, so maybe I did try to have the conversations or maybe him and I did attempt to talk about it. I don't recall everything, but I do recall that. And I do recall the story I would tell myself. And I do recall the, like the walls of, of barriers that I would put up. And when I look at that now, one, I'm so grateful we're not there anymore. How does it get any better than that? Uh, and, and two, that even though with all those walls, with all the stories, we were still able to, and maybe it took some drama to get there, but we were still able to get to the point of like, hey, something else is going on here. Uh, and, and what would it take to just be willing to be vulnerable? 
And maybe the person will be upset and tell you to, you know, screw off or whatever. And what if that's okay? Like, what what if we don't have, and, and this has been a big piece for myself lately too, is really looking at, like, what is, what is it like I've decided that's good and right? And of course, then the polarity of bad and wrong. So when we were on the trip with, with my dad and hubby, and... There'd be times where, you know, I could tell hubby's patience was growing thin and I would go into the stories of, you know, this is like, it should be better. We should all be laughing and happy. Like all of this stuff that was like, is that even like, is that even real? And what does it mean if we are? Like if we, if we would have laughed ourselves across Norway and Iceland a hundred percent of the time, what does that mean? Like, what, what significance have I put on that? And of course, go like, what story? So if, we've, if we were that the entire trip, there was not one, you know, impatient moment. There was not one frustration. Um, that means we're better. That means we're healthy. That mean, Like, what? What? What if impatience is okay? What if frustration is okay? What if the moment of going, Jesus Christ, I wish I had 10 minutes to myself. What if that was okay? Like I really got a huge awarenesses on the trip of how much I had put into, again, the stories of like the, what it means. What does it mean if, if, you know, hubby's impatient or what is, what does it mean if I'm impatient? Cause then, oh my gosh, like that's horrible. Really? (laughs) It's, it's just, it's quite comical when you really start to look at it from, from the no story. It's like, hey, if you're impatient, you're impatient. And why have we decided that impatient is wrong? Or that being patient is right? Like all of those things, when you, when you look at life and living and, uh, you know, I talk about magic a lot. Like we have definitions of what magic is like. So if we're magical then, you know, money's always perfect, Uh, relationships are always happy, the sun is always shining, you know, like, there's all this crazy that we attach to it, when really, magic can be that car accident, magic can be that, that 10 minutes or 10 days of frustration with somebody, like, there's, there's so many judgments and definitions that we've put onto those things, and then, of course, the stories, because then if we're not those things, if we maybe don't make the money that we were magically doing whatever to create it, then, then we're bad, then we're wrong, then we're stupid, then we're not magical. It's like, that is all fucking bullshit. So it's like, really, what stories are you telling yourself? And, and I know the way that Brené shares it in the video is all about communing with somebody, communicating with somebody else, which is brilliant. And please use it for yourself too. Try it out at least. Because I, I just, I cannot get over how quickly I can shift things when I go there. When I'm just like, okay, what story am I telling myself right now? Uh, yesterday, they, they're working on putting a new pool liner in. And they got to the point where, you know, we were going to need some water and the water guy had said to us just give me two hours notice and so hubby said he had you know explained that to the pool guy and then hubby went to an event so then the the pool guy said to me okay I'm ready for water (laughs) and I was like um all right I said we do need to give him two hours I'll phone and ask but I do you know he did ask for two hours and so when I phoned the guy the guy's like hey you know what no I can't do it tonight because it was six o'clock or whatever and and so then I told the pool guy and he's like okay I'll come back in the morning and you know I knew that he wasn't overly thrilled with that and 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 then I was going into all this like oh my gosh because I actually knew I knew when hubby told me that he you know he was leaving and he told me what was going on and and where they were at in it I knew that was a two-hour mark like I actually knew that and I ignored it uh, instead of like going and talking to the pool guy or, you know, I had all this. So, so I had that. I was like, oh my God, I knew I should have said something. I should have checked in. Like, what was I doing? I knew. And, you know, and all this kind of crazy. And I'm like, okay, what story am I telling myself right now? And it was like, well, you know, if I would have done that, 
then, you know, kind of A plus B equals C. If I would have followed my awareness, would have talked to the pool guy, he would have told me, we would have had water on time, and, and what? Like, <laughs> it is like, oh, wait, is it really relevant? No. So instead of doing it last night at 6 p.m., they're doing it this morning at 7 a.m. Okay. Like, <laughs> it was just like, it was just kind of that moment of like, what? in the actual fuck am I doing? And, and it just changes it. Cause it's like, okay, no story. Here's where we're at. And now what? Oh, they get to go home. They'd already worked 11 hours. I'm still so, so shocked with how hard the two guys worked on the pool liner yesterday. And I was like, and I, I kept telling myself like, stop projecting on them. Cause it was hot. It was 25 Celsius here yesterday, which I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, 80s maybe, uh, which is very unusual for me. And so it's hot and they're in the direct sun all day from 7 a.m. they started and they you know quit at 6 p.m. only cause the water wasn't here. Um, and I was just like, I was so shocked with like how, and they really took maybe, I don't know, a couple 10 minute breaks. Like anyway, so I was kept reminding myself to stop projecting that it's hard work for them and that it must be horrible and it must be exhausting because that's, you know, that's ridiculous. And I was like, <laughs> I really would like to get the pool going and I'm not sure I'd work that hard. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, what was I talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, stories. And so that's the other piece is like, if you're willing to be present in the moment, acknowledge what is in the moment, get beyond the stories, the drama is done. I mean, I in the past, and I mean, I would have used other tools, of course, too, maybe who knows. Um, so it's not like this is like the only tool I could use. Uh, but there's been times in the past where there was something like similar to say with the water thing with the pool that I would have spent the night, you know, kind of in this spin about and, you know, took it on as my fault and, you know, done all this crazy. But just in that two minutes of going into the crazy, then acknowledging what the stories I was telling myself, it was done. Like I never even thought about it from that energy. I thought about my pool, but I never thought of it from that energy again last night. And it was just so fucking freeing. So if, you know, and this might be the clincher, if you're willing to be free, if you're willing to get out of the distraction, out of the crazy, be present with those stories. Just, just call it like it is. Be honest with you. Just, it, yeah. I wonder what magic it will create. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, the other thing I want to say is... This show is changing. I know I talked about it in one show already, the Oprah show, uh, and, and now I'm saying it again. This show is changing. It is going to be called Tools to Create a Better Life, and you'll find it on iTunes. It's not there yet, although I guess, you know what, it depends when you listen to this. Um, as of this recording, which is May 30th, 2019, it is not listed yet, uh, and it will be soon. So check it out, because we are no longer going to be on Voice America. All of the previous shows shows will be there though so you won't miss out there's you know what six years my goodness six years of shows there for you to listen to uh, and of course you can always find them on my webpage glenisehughes.com you can find them there which uh, you can listen to or download from soundcloud and then the new show will be up here right away so how does it get any better than this change i tell you my sweet friends change 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 and so, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the show, uh, you know, the vulnerability, and, and this is such a, such a misidentified energy where people, you know, they even talk about people who, uh, you know, there, there's the vulnerable. Like if you're vulnerable, you're weak, you're, you know, somehow less than, like there's all these really interesting points of views about it. And yet vulnerability to me is one of the most potent energies that I've ever chose to be, and possibly one of the most potent energies available to us. When we're willing to be vulnerable, everything can change, because you can be the infinite awareness you truly be with the, with the vulnerability, and there's so many different spaces and places of possibilities that you're not aware of when you're not choosing to be vulner vulnerable. Uh, like, 
how does it get any better than that? And what else is possible? In March, I was in Washington for Dane's Symphony of Possibilities class, and uh, I had a really kind of crazy stuff going on as can come up during classes and and of course it comes up to go out so it's awesome I'm aware of that now this many years in I'm aware of what's going on and and uh, I think it was day two and so then in that evening uh, I just really allowed myself the space to just kind of let the crazy go and and be with the energies and what occurred was a level of vulnerability that that I'd never chose before and what it kind of showed up as is in, in many ways, but also was this, this crying and not like uncontrollable sobbing, but just crying, almost just like I w- my eyes were leaking. Um, and, and it wouldn't matter if it was like just a really delicious, yummy moment or even a delicious, yummy memory or <laughs> the opposite, because that was the other thing that seemed to come up was really um, some not so yummy memories and moments, uh, you know, that was, but it, like, I just could sense that it was, it was the walls and the barriers, you know, so it's like that memory of whatever that thing was, I'd put in place to kind of keep me separate from the vulnerability. So as I was choosing more of it, what was occurring then was that, was that there was no, um, it, you know, it was going out, it was dissipating. And for some of the dissipating, there was a memory attached to it that would just kind of pass through. And, uh, and I didn't, you know, define it or make it significant or anything. But it was interesting to me how and I'd seen that occur for people in classes before, where they just kind of walked around as though they were um, crying, <laughs> nonstop crying. And, and it was so it, it was just so amazing. And what's cool is that I haven't chose to go back to where I was before that class. Now, I don't walk around continuing to cry because that does change. Um, but but it's just that, that level of, of vulnerability, that level of willingness. And are there places and spaces that I don't? Of course. And it's way more than it was. I mean, it's just, it's so magical when, when you allow it. And I don't get you can force it. I really don't. And I also don't get you have to be in a class to get there. Like it really just becomes the willingness for you to be present with what is and, and be present with those stories. And, and really for me, when I went to that class, one of my, my targets of, for going to that class was to stop the separating and to stop buying the separation as real. That's something that I, it comes up so loud in classes for me. And, and so, you know, what better place to change it is when it's really loud. Uh, and so, of course, just in that ask and that willingness to choose it and that willingness to change it, that's really what starts, you know, shifting it is, is then, of course, you know, I'm asking for it. Um, the conversations all seem geared to it, uh, the clearings, all of that. And, and then just some of the choices that I made, like I say, that, that evening, it was kind of like, you know, I came here to choose this, like, let's fucking choose it. And, and what it created for me was just incredibly magical. So when I talk about vulnerability, I, uh, I talk about it because I can, uh, I just know what you can create in your life when you're willing to change it. Doesn't mean it has to be perfect or that it has to be constant. You're going to have, there's going to be people in your life that maybe it's not so easy for you with to, to choose that. And there will be people in your life that, uh, that is totally easy to choose it or situations and stuff. And just, just honor that, honor you with that, whatever that is, and give yourself the space because man, <laughs> the magic on the other side of it is, is truly for me beyond, beyond, beyond words. So, all right, guys, what I'm going to say again is go and find me tools to create a better life. Depending on when you're listening, uh, you will find it. Or if you're on my email list, of course, you'll get an email about it. If you are on um, social media, any of my social media, there will be social media posting once the link is active. So um, I look forward to playing with you over there. Uh, and again, all of these archives will stay. So please enjoy them. Uh, and uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what is actually possible for us now that has never, ever been possible before. All right, guys, have a great week, and I look forward to chatting with you soon. 
you for making The Glenise Show part of your life. Listen again next week, Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and continue changing your life.